Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM to get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Perpetually Correct, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac. I am in the studio with JB and Kyle Beats. Gentlemen, what's going on? J-Mac, it's great to be back in the studio. It's on a little bit higher beat of a note than we had last week, but um, the, the grind's still real. I'd say I'm not sure I have as much enjoyment as week one, but uh, we'll try to push through for the time being. Can we be friends again? I mean, it's we it's rivalry week, but I feel like we need to be friends again. Maybe we'll see after <laughs> Sunday. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Kyle, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, but I'm not ready to uh, to be friends just yet. All right. Well, you know, we'll get we'll get back to we'll get back to normal on Monday, but it's gonna be it's gonna be game time on Sunday. We we talked about this briefly today. Yeah, no, we did. You're you're pretty damn, which I like. But I'm ready for this game. I think the Cowboys have a way better chance than you or anyone in the media has given them credit for. But the Patriots win 90% of their games in Foxborough since 2002, bro. I'm not concerned. Not concerned. I don't have a valid. I don't have a valid comeback for that. I just know <laughs> that our offense gives us a chance with the way your offense is playing. I understand your defense, and it's a game we're obviously going to talk about. But yep, we'll get there. I am. Uh, I'm ready to win this game. I want to win this game. Just obviously, I want the Cowboys to make the playoffs, but I want to see your reaction if the Cowboys win this game. Honestly, I'm not going to give a fuck because I'm still going to. We're still going to be in the playoffs. God damn it! Cal, that that so mad. You just can't talk to him. You he, can't talk to me. I know it's the worst. I'm the worst. If they win, it's like, yeah, we knew we were supposed to win. If they lose, go, ah, oh, we've lost before. We still win Super Bowl. So, it, so true. it's just so irrelevant. Dude, I tell I tell you guys all the time. I would hate being friends with me if I were you. I would hate <laughs> we, it. Oh, there's some times where you're just trying to have a normal back and forth sports conversation. And it's like talking to a child of irrationalities. I mean, it's, it's not like irrational, sure though. <laughs> but, but then right now, the Boston Celtics, oh, yeah, regular season's really important. We're going to get that one seed. It matters a lot. I don't think anybody said that on this show. Oh, I'm sure you're tooting the Boston actually, Celtics horn. Right actually, now. I really haven't been. I've, I'm glad with how they're playing, but I'm not, you know, there's a long ass season. Justin's more realistic and less an elitist with the Celtics and the Patriots, which is not saying much because it would be hard to top that. But if I hear Justin say, just talk to me in January one more time, I'm going to lose it. It's like nails on the chalkboard, but it's so factual that it just it really hurts. It does. I mean, hey, we'll give it credit. Well, before we dive deep into the NBA, guys, we had the college football, no real shakeups. Georgia kind of hung on for dear life versus Auburn. Uh, Auburn didn't have a chance to tie it up, I guess, potentially win if you want to look at it from that perspective. But I guess, Kyle, has anything changed for you, uh, you know, outside the three that are undefeated, that fourth seed with obviously the two attack of Iola injury? How does that look to you, assuming LSU wins out and eliminates Georgia? Yeah, I think it's fair to assume LSU is going to win out their regular season. Um, it's going to be interesting to see that SEC championship. I think they probably win that game. 
I don't know how this is going to shake up. So I'm looking at the top nine here, really, that have a shot to make it. I mean, in Penn State, Utah, Minnesota, that's, you know, all pretty outside shots. But with Tua going down, which you hate to see, because it's definitely going to affect his draft stock. Uh, you know, he's probably going to have to end up coming back to school. I don't see Alabama with a chance to make it. I don't – I think they could slip up very easily against Auburn. And that, they've had two losses. They're automatically eliminated. Um, it's got to it's gotta be Georgia or Oregon, right? It, it's got to be. Y- yes or no. I don't think Georgia has a chance first the way LSU is playing. I guess I okay. don't want to say not a chance, but it, it's probably going to be looking around at – what about oh, no, that's an or- interesting line. I I would say it's probably going to open up near the double digit range, and probably just on a value perspective, you're going to see it pushed down to seven. I would imagine we end up in a seven seven and a half range just based on Georgia's pedigree. Um, but yeah, I think LSU comes out on top. And I text J Mac this. I don't think Bama has any chance to get in the playoffs, and the fact that they're five is embarrassing. They they have no chance outside of Auburn for a top twenty five win, and. Without Tua, you can't say this is a top four team roster. And this is this was my complaint last week with the committee. So we have no clarity on what they actually look at, whether it is hey overall roster and what we deem as a top four team overall. You know, despite the fact that you're playing Northeastern Tech this weekend, or is it a top four resume like the college basketball playoffs, where you take a look at a whole body of work from October all the way through March? In either way you slice it, Bamba is not one of the four best teams or is going to have a top-four resume. So I hate seeing them at five because in a weird event that somehow, you know, LSU runs the table and Georgia loses, Oregon and Utah both slip up, Oklahoma continues to suck, and then we're sitting here, let's just say Bama is 11-1. I guess in that scenario you'd have to put them in if you have yes. a bunch of two-loss yeah. teams. But, I mean, it just to me it's frustrating as a fan – I would have dropped Bama. I, you ha- you just have to deem what the heck you're grading. But what are uh, they grading, J-Mac? The only thing I'll push back on that, so I agree with you. I think all that makes a lot of sense. The only thing I'll push back on and where I feel like the the a lot of the murkiness in all this comes from is the fact that like you like just because Tua got hurt, you can't necessarily deem them a not good team until they've gone and lost a game or shown up this coming week. Because okay, we are talking about Alabama, and I, I'm, it's a next man up type situation. And I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with that, but like it's a body of work up to this point. And I think n- after this week, then we can bitch about it. They still pounded Mississippi State into the submission this past week, regardless. They of did. Mac hurt. Jones looked just fine, but yeah. Mississippi State and or, I mean, sorry, you're yeah. talking about a team who's not going to be in a bowl. So I mean. How do I care? It's not a bowl. You're not. You didn't beat a bowl team, right? right. I mean, it's still a decisive so how much win. Though. Can that hold? It's still a decisive win, though. And I guess that's what they're looking at. Like I said, I, I try to see both sides of the coin with this, and it just it feels like it's got to be a combination of the two things you said. But really, what it comes up comes down to is the resume up to this point. Right now, so next week can be very different. Correct, but J Mac sounds like you're obviously leaning towards what have you done this season? What's your resume? JB, are you more so of what does this roster look like going into the playoff? Like, how competitive are you going to make this well, this CFP? And the, are you a top four roster right now? Because Alabama's not, but J Max right is definitely a top four resume, or it's going to end up being a top four resume because they're going to be eleven and one most likely. I mean, they could slip up to Auburn. I mean, I, I, I guess, don't know that they do, I, I man. To be honest, though, I don't know if they do either. Yeah, I, I I don't know. That's a that's a game we can dive into in a couple of weeks, but. 
I'm just looking at it from right now because it doesn't make sense how the committee's ranking these teams. Same thing with the Gophers. They finally lost to an, uh, you know, a fairly talented Iowa team, but they're still, I think, number nine or ten in the nation. That's They're not a top ten team. They're not. No. They're not no. talent-wise, and they're not resume-wise. It's a team that was barely beating Fresno State and, like, Colorado State by three damn points. So I, I just – I don't have any clarity from the committee. It's like a pass interference call in the NFL right now, I feel like, with trying to deal with these guys. You have just no idea. You have no clue. You have zero idea outside of the fact of, hey, if you run the table and you're a Power 5 school, you're going to be in. That's the only clarity that I have on it. It's true. Let let me ask you guys this, because I'm going to – I'm looking at the top ten. I'm going to eliminate Minnesota – they're not going to make it. No. Penn State's going to get slaughtered by Ohio State. So let's look at Oregon, uh, Oklahoma, and Utah. Because Georgia, like I said, probably going to get beat by LSU. Two losses won't get in. Oregon, Oklahoma, Utah. Any of those teams win out and win their conference. So they're a 12-1 Power 5 conference winner. Who of those three do you think has the best resume and best team? I mean, mm. I think resume-wise. It's got to be OU probably. The Pac-12s. I'm more down on the Pac-12 than most, though. You say, and, and that's the tough part. And I mean, you look at a team that they played in Auburn, extremely tough, and, and you know, snuck right. out with. I mean, we've talked about that before. They necessarily shouldn't have lost that game. And absolutely, I, I think when you're looking at overall talent, I would certainly love to see Justin Herbert versus one of these top teams, uh, or Jalen Hurts. But right, it's tough to watch OU right now. I mean, they. Miracle comeback versus Baylor. They won on a two-point conversion versus Iowa State. So, I mean, you're talking about a team putting them in a college football playoffs that were basically one player series away from being a three-loss team. Okay. I, I mean, at least I Bama, to J-Max point, is blowing out their opponents. I mean, you're double digits, no doubt, or wins. So that's my problem with Oklahoma is even if they do run the table, which is tough to say, I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to leave Bama out over them at this point. Yeah, because that – that Baylor win was kind of like you were down 28 3 to Baylor, let's be honest. Yeah. So, but it, it's safe to say you would rule out Utah and it would be between Oregon and Oklahoma. I think so. Yeah, I, I would say so. I, I, you know, Utah's really struggled versus a good passing team. We yep. saw that when they faced USC. USC. Yep. Um, and we, we, I think we previewed that game, and that was the thing I, we hit on the whole time. It's just not, I mean, it's like when you're watching these run first teams, just like Utah is. And then they go over – that's what they see in practice every day is a heavy run game. And then they go into and see a five-wide spread with wide receivers, and their CBs are completely thrown off. I mean, I, you just can't do that in today's day and age. No. And that's why the teams face that triple option. You know, Georgia Tech would always sneak up on you for the same reason. When you right. see, you know, a spread offense like Texas Tech all the time, and then you try to throw these kids. So, yeah, I – I, I think we'll get clarity. It seems like every year we're never put into the conundrum we think we'll get put into. Uh, the only wrinkle that I would say would be is if Georgia did win out and beat LSU, I still just think you'd have LSU and Georgia. I, I would have no problem with that. Yeah, I wouldn't fair. either. So I, real, real quick, I want to ask you both. This is something that's been bugging me all week long. Why is it that everybody seems to be talking about Tua like he died? Like there's a specifically there's an account that that I follow that always puts out like funny SEC videos from the week before, and they put out like a Tua tribute video this past week. I think that's a little bit much. <laughs> it's Dude, it's I, an I overreaction. Well, they're acting like someone tweeted out about what was it Bo Jackson? Bo Jackson type injury. Yeah, yeah, or it was not the David Chow on Twitter immediately discredited. It's not the same injury. 
And then Saban even came out and said, C.J. Mosley had the same injury and has been a Pro Bowl middle linebacker, which you would much agree with. You need more mobility at to complete. So right. I, I don't get it either. I'm not sure what he does, uh, whether he does come back or not. I don't think that it – I mean, obviously it may prevent him from going number one, but I can't imagine two would get out of the top ten. I yeah, mean, I was if I'm say, sitting there, you know, it, Miami's going to be around four or five or six in the draft. They're probably taking to it. They're probably sitting there praying, please come out, please still be injured so they can take them. And you know what? To build on that, whatever happened to – do you guys remember the phase we went through where every time a major player got hurt, they'd say, minor setback for a major comeback. That oh. stopped. That was such a thing yes. forever. It's career yes. ending now, man. It's career it's just ending. On, it's on to the next because there's more talent and more depth. But, dude, the two thing has been so over yeah. – such an overreaction, man. So I mean – the Bo Jackson injury, it's like, one, clearly it's not the same injury. It's been That's been documented. But two, it's, medicine's advanced. Yes. Month. That was like 28 years ago. Like, what are we talking about here? ACLs used to end guys' careers. And fucking Adrian Peterson towards ACL and MCL and was squatting 400 pounds like six months later. Like, doctors have yeah. perfected a lot of these football and basketball-related injuries much more than they had in the – I think that was like late 80s, early 90s when Bo Jackson's occurred. It's like early 90s, yeah. Early 90s, right. So one of two things happens. What Justin, uh, excuse me, what uh, JB said, that two will probably go anywhere from like four to 12, or he back to school, eligibility left and just have another badass season with a, you know, it's a young Bama team that'll be better next year. They'll make the CFP most likely, and he'll go number one. I think that's one of the two things that'll happen. I don't think, oh. I, I think he has the right, attitude and work to recover from this injury and calm down trevor lawrence is no one is going over trevor lawrence dude i don't know man he's been throwing a lot of picks this year he just feels like one of those classic busts in the nfl type guys to me i don't know what it is but it just feels to me like he's next ryan leaf yeah very i don't know if we're we're going that drastic (laughs) but you know maybe a bortles or something like that maybe not even okay but that kind of like has such high upside doesn't doesn't pan out. It's got a gut feeling to me. <laughs> JB's about to spontaneously I, combust with him. I am. I am. It's like the most surefire thing I've I've seen probably since Peyton Manning. Coming Andrew into Luck. The NFL. Uh, I don't know. So I let's I, not have that I, Peyton I res- Manning conversation. We'll get to that I respectfully disagree on, but that, that's fine. Hey, I look forward to it. I can't wait to see what Tua does decide. As a huge college football fan. I want to say I hope he comes back, but then again, I, I really don't. I'd love to see Bama suffer through a growing pain of Mac Jones <laughs> next year or starting some freshman-like, you know, or uh, or transfer portal, man, see what they can bring in, you know. I, it'd be interesting to see Nick Saban start to churn a little bit, but I think it would be good for college football to see a little bit change in the guard. And I mean, you look at what LSU's bringing in, what Clemson's bringing in, I don't think right. either – I mean, once again, LSU's bringing in, you know, the number two or three corner in the <laughs> in the class. I mean, every year they just bring in one of the top corners. They play man. I mean, it's unbelievable how much they can turn that out. So, well, we're excited. We're certainly going to break down, you know, college football as we get closer, bowl season. Uh, but anything changing on your guys' end on, on predictions-wise? Do you want to post a, a winner right now or you guys want to wait on that? Honestly, I, I'll go out there and do it. It's going to be LSU, man. It's going to be LSU. So good. I, I was about to say, when you mentioned earlier that LSU would, by game time, be like a seven, seven and a half point favorite over Georgia, 
I was just just look for J Mac in a sports book with a suitcase because he's going to load up on LSU as he's done multiple times this year. But I want to. This goes to your question, JB. LSU on ESPN's playoff predictor is a 16% chance to win the title. That's the sec, uh, third highest. Ohio State is 35% and Clemson's 25%. I don't get that at all. I think LSU, I mean, I guess they're factoring the fact that they would have maybe have a harder road to the playoffs, but LSU is the best team to me. I, I'm loading up on them. Yeah, we'll see. I, I've, I've said Clemson before the year. I'm not changing on that. It's got the most offensive talent. I, I love what LSU's done we, we've been all over them since the preseason mm-hmm. uh but i at some point you're being a little bit overvalued so i, I i'm not yeah, i don't know it, about clemson man we'll have to talk about it as we get closer because i think ohio state's a strong second hey i love this i pray we get clemson lsu in the championship so we can both have side bets going on i think that would just be absolutely fantastic for us all to be on completely different rooting sides of this this whole deal. So we'll pray that we get Clemson LSU. I think that'd be fantastic for everyone. I'm Cannot wait. All right, guys. Well, let's move on to some NFL. We have an absolutely loaded card. I kind of feel like we started this season uh, or how you feel like we progressed through the season is the same way the schedule has. We started really slow uh, in the NFL season. It seemed like every primetime game was full of terribleness. And now we're getting into these weekly just – Excellent primetime games, great matchups between playoff teams. So we're excited for that. But before we break the playoff teams down, let's talk about much maligned Cincinnati Bengals, the Would You Lay It segment, the Kyle Beats original. Uh, Kyle Juju Smith-Schuster's been ruled out. Mason Rudolph, his first appearance and getting his head cracked open by uh, Miles Garrett. <laughs> so we have the Steelers on the road, six-and-a-half-point favorite division game. Historically, this game's been really close with the Red Rocket. But we get Ryan Finley, NC State product, hosting uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So where do we head here for yourself? I'm taking these points all day. The Bengals, they kept it close with the the Raiders last week. I think they're playing decently with Finley. Just the Steelers are terrible. I mean, you're telling me Juju's going to be out. James Conner is maybe not playing. And if he is, he's probably going to get hurt in the first quarter. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, is his shoulder just falling to the ground? I mean, <laughs> he is injuries man that's been playing playing hurt and Rudolph's even if he's 100% that doesn't terrify me just throwing the ball four yards or it's an incompletion so uh I'm taking these points yeah Jam- Mac? I you <laughs> know hard. what no it is and like you actually have sold me better on the Steelers than than most I, against the Steelers, I guess. I don't I don't even know. I, dude, you just sold me like three different ways in that whole conversation, to be real honest with you. I really don't know what I would do here. I honestly don't think I would lay it just because I don't know. I, it feels like a really easy bet, but that's, those are the ones that always kind of scare me. And this game has historically been closed for weird reasons. And the fact that Mason Rudolph can take a helmet to the head with no problems and not be concussed for a month and a half seems like... A better situation over Finley? I don't know. I don't like uh, either. Dude, of these I don't teams. know about that. Mason Rudolph's been pretty awful. Dude, I should... think working the Bengals into a tease here where you can go like mm. 13, 13 and a half. You know, I mean, how many points can the Steelers score? It's not much more than that. That's true. They didn't do crap against the Browns even before that. I mean, that game was kind of a shit show overall. And it... I mean I mean, he should have been suspended alone for throwing four picks in that game. That's the way I see it. <laughs> Well, the Bengals also held the Raiders to 17. They were probably overlooking this team a little, but, I mean, that's still a decent defensive performance. It's fair. JB, yeah. where's your head at on this? 
God, I wanted to take the points, especially with Juju out. I, I it's my worry because the Steelers' defense is elite. I mean, this is a top five defense really in the good. league, and I I just don't think Ryan Finley's seen anything like that. Horrendous line for the Bengals. It feels like a game that could be honestly like ten to three the whole way. Yep. And then suddenly Ryan Finley implodes, throws a pick six, has a strip sack fumble, and and you're talking about like a twenty four ten. Steelers W and you're like, what just, ha- I just watched a game where they, all they did was three and outs, check downs to Joe Mixon, check downs to Jalen Samuels. I, I want no part of this game. I, it, for your eyes, do not watch this game. I feel like it's going to be that joke on NFL red zone. Scott Hansen begrudgingly goes to it. Well, every other game's at halftime. So we have to show you <laughs> right now. And you're just sitting there like, Oh my God, can, anything else come on in fairness though you know the, what you described with ryan finley that could absolutely happen to mason rudolph as well yeah yeah I, it's disgusting i just think we see both quarterbacks throw about 20 check down routes so yep. um i'm good i just I'm, no no cares gun to my head i'll take the points sure because it's seven points in a division game both teams hate each other and I'm just not sure where the Steelers' heads at after that. I mean, that's that's a weird situation right now we got going on with the Steelers. Yeah, it's fair. All right, well, let's head and talk about some teams that actually matter. We have a Thursday night primetime division game again. We have the Indianapolis Colts heading down here to South Texas and Houston. Texans been about a three and a half, four point favorite depending where you look. Over under forty six. I'd say certainly the headlines to watch here is T. Y. Hilton. Kyle's documented for us plenty of times their record with and without him and also losing Marlon Mack for uh, indefinitely, it sounds like, and Eric Ebron being highly questionable for this game. They could use all the pass catchers that they can get. Um, Kyle, coming into this game, uh, we know you're a huge Houston Texans fan, but they've kind of had a little bit of struggles coming off last week versus Baltimore. So where's your head at with this team? Yeah, I mean, I think last week that's just coming back down to earth a little bit. I was getting really, I mean, six and three, I was feeling really confident about what I've been saying about the Texans all year. Deshaun did not play well on Sunday. And granted, he was under, I mean, he was under duress. I think he got sacked like seven or eight times. I mean, he was just getting harassed out there. And that offensive line's a problem, as we've documented. But I think they're, I think this is a bounce back game. The three points is tough, though, because with Jacoby coming back, I like the Colts defense and I, I like this Colts team as well. I just, I would take the over if I was going to do anything on this game versus the three, three and a half. I think the Texans find a way to win this game though. Uh, I just, I'm going to trust Deshaun to go out there and rebound from a really bad performance last week. And I don't know if that was more about the Ravens being really good or the Texans not being that good. I think you guys probably both think the latter, um, I, I think if they could control the clock, though, in this game and really get new Hopkins involved, man, he's just been so up and down this year. I think that's going to be kind of the key. And I'm going to trust Bill O'Brien to do it. That feels oh. wrong oh. saying that. God. I mean, <laughs> what, Mac, what, what? where's your head at? I mean, this team, this Texans defense is terrible. They're they're allowing really over bad. 24 points really a game. That, and the. The even more astounding part about this is this offense is scoring 24 and a half points a game. That's absurd with Deshaun being your quarterback. I mean, Bill O'Brien is an incompetent coach. I don't think this this Texans team is going anywhere anytime soon. 
I honestly look at the Colts for this, man. I think that they're going to have a, a good week here. I think there's a lot of value there. Are the Houston Texans turning into the Dallas Cowboys, the AFC, where you have an incompetent head coach at the helm, um, an ownership that's kind of questionable. I mean, they went without a GM for a while. They still um, are, right? Yeah, to my understanding. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's a weird situation, but you look at the team you go, oh, they got all the talent in the world. You know, they're building an offensive line. And they've you know, had Clowney. They've had Watt there at one point. I mean, you look at the team and say, gosh, th- this is just a tough team not to like. you got elite guys all over the field. But they just seem to lose it in the weirdest spots and then always go seem to be one and out in the playoffs. I mean, I feel like every time I watch Houston, they lose that wild card weekend. So right. I, I don't know. It's a it's a tough spot for both teams. I don't think Bill O'Brien's prepared to coach on a short week, but being that it is a division game, it helps. You have a lot of uh, familiarity with each other, so you're not really doing too much studying as you would with a, an out-of-division or conference opponent here. I, I think T.Y. Hilton's just the guy to watch. Uh, if he is Agreed. back in the fold, certainly gives them an aspect that's going to help stretch the field. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch what happens with that Indianapolis backfield. Uh, Jordan Wilkins is a little bit banged up. I like what they've done with Nakeem Hines, uh, but they've had guys like Paris Campbell out as well. Uh, it's really just a team that's really thinned out uh, from your, I guess would say, depth, tight end, and wide receiver after T.Y. Hilton. So be looking for that inactive, active chart before the game. Uh, to me, I would be looking to take the points if T.Y. Hilton is active. If he's yes. not, it's a complete stay away for me. But I do like the Colts. I, I much prefer their Frank Wright as a head coach over Bill O'Brien. Hey, and again, it, it's three and a half, four points. Um, we're not necessarily asking Indianapolis to outright win, but we're asking go be competitive on what could decide the vision. I mean, this has to be an all-in effort for Houston. If they lose this, they lose the head-to-head battle, and they'd be multiple games behind in the division versus Indianapolis. I just, To me, it feels like an all-in effort, to Kyle's point, a nice bounce-back spot from a flat egg that they had last week as well. When we talked about them at the beginning of the year, too, and I didn't predict them to go anywhere just because it's the exact thing. A lot of injury, a lot of incompetence when it comes to coaching, and this is exactly how this is playing out. I, I think they're done done chained if they're done with this if they lose this game this week for sure this is a huge game for them absolutely i mean they, this is a must win for them yeah, at this point i don't think that's an overreaction yeah well, i agree it, it could be a snowball effect if they don't well to another couple teams they'll be looking to vie for some playoffs we have the another division matchup as well the carolina panthers heading on the road to face the new orleans saints New Orleans a nine and a half slash ten point favorite, depending where you look. Uh, and over under forty seven. Uh, you know, it's been kind of a coming back down to earth party for Kyle Allen with that snowy game in Green Bay, and then last week versus Atlanta, surprisingly. Uh, J Mac, I'll start with you. Is Kyle Allen someone's going to get back on track? Is this some growing pains? What What are we seeing right now in uh, Carolina? This is who Kyle Allen is and has always been. And I knew that he was going to come back down to earth at some point. I just didn't know when. And he's taken great steps. Like, he's looked a lot better than I thought he would, considering he didn't... I mean, he played some college ball, but not a lot, honestly. And so it's a it's a big place for him. And, I mean, they've got... We, we'll get into the offseason later on about, you know, what's going to happen with Cam and all that stuff. But, I mean, Cam, I think, is done with the Panthers all the way around at this point. And so if... I don't know. I mean, you almost have to stick you know, keep on with that. And I just don't know that this is a spot that they can really compete in. I really like this Saints team a lot. 
Nine and a half is a is a lot of points as far as going towards the Saints. I bet the public money is definitely moved towards them. Is that have you looked at the public money on this? Yeah, it's sixty three percent for mm. on Odd Sharks. They aggregate a bunch of uh, Vegas casinos. That's actually probably less than I would have thought. Still thought. pretty high though. It is for sure. Uh, Kyler, are you going to take this? What are your thoughts here? If I'm if I do anything here, I'm definitely going with Saints. Uh, I would get it to nine and a half, whether that's what your book has it at, or if you have to buy the half point, just do that uh, for a division game. It could easily go, you know, 27, 17. This Panthers offense has struggled. I mean, Allen threw four picks last week and the Saints defense is really clicking on all cylinders. I think Lattimore is going to be, you know, good to go. He's a little banged up and they don't really have any weapons outside of Christian McCaffrey, right? Like not a hot take. And this Saints team is going to key in on him and, and, and make Kyle Allen make plays. Odd Shark has the predicted score of the Saints winning by 30 points, which I don't know if they're going to win by that much, but I do think they're going to win this game pretty big. Wow. Yeah, Jason, wow. that's a real points. number. 37.5 to 7.7 is Odd Shark's prediction on this game. So I don't know. They're using DVOA. I don't know where this comes from, but uh, that is that is their pr- prediction. I do find it interesting, though. We talked about it earlier this week that, you know, quarterbacks may be going to different places and, and – uh, going to competitors it's like is i i find it crazy that y'all think cam is just going to be shot that easily and like kyle allen's the answer they're moving on cam's going to go to chicago denver wherever oh i I don't i don't think i so i probably agree with you but i don't think they're going to want to take the risk that's an older team that's i mean they've got assets that they could probably trade and burn it down jb you may feel differently than i do here but I just think that they're going to move on from him and, and you know, without, I mean, because you're going to have to commit money to him in that case. And I don't know that they necessarily want to do that. So you're saying it's more about where the team's mindset is at versus where Cam's skill level is at if he's healthy. It's not the skill level, it's just the health. Okay. Okay. Well, they, it, yeah, it's a burned real. Yeah. Cam's not come back to Carolina. I mean, they, they established that. So, um, I, I don't know. We, we could see a quarterback on that other side, though, Teddy, who's looking for a change next year. That That's really the guy to monitor. I mean, if you talk about your value being any higher after winning a handful of games behind, you know, one of the better teams. So, you know, you guys brought up some great points on why the Saints would cover, and I'm going to tell you why I absolutely disagree. Because uh, <laughs> you picked this team to win the division? Yeah, what we're seeing Carolina <laughs> absolutely completely um, undervalued here. It is a division game. The two teams are familiar with themselves. Uh, Kyle Allen, again, all-time low. But uh, the main reason is I always look at these Thanksgiving Day games in the week before. It's teams on short weeks. That's what we're seeing here. The Saints are going to try to do what uh, typical workmanlike effort and just get through the game. I think asking double digits quite a bit, not that they can't do it. But I don't really see Sean Payton putting together uh, an, I guess an elite schematic game plan when he knows he's got uh, another game on deck, one versus the Atlanta Falcons, who I would say they have a lot of revenge towards after losing. I'm taking the Saints in that. I don't need to see the number. Yeah, yeah I, we don't need to see the number. They're going to head on the highway. Uh, they're going away from home. I, I would say Sean Payton's got a little bit of an eye moving forward there. You know, I think the Saints could get out to an early lead. It could be kind of like that Georgia-Auburn game we saw where uh, I see 21-3 at half Saints and then just kind of cruise control, lap Murray up the middle, a little play action waggles. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think 10's a lot. It could be a game to bet live. Or like I said, if you do like the Saints, I think you go first half because this isn't going to be a full throttle game out of them with Thanksgiving a short week on deck. Just it feels like a potential look ahead spot, which you wouldn't think for Atlanta. But 
is there a team playing better football right now than the Atlanta Falcons? I don't know. I, I, I have a question, though. Vegas I'm, doesn't think so. No, apparently not. I Have you guys heard that? So to figure out, so, you know, they switched up a bunch of their coaching positions and stuff like that as far as, like, the coaches that lead those positions. They just put names in a hat and drew those out. That's a real story. Yeah, that's Dan, that's has Dan Quinn written all over it. That's fucking unbelievable to me. And it's but, working. But, and it's working. That's the most astounding part of it. Look, Art Blank actually came into their locker room and said, you're fired if you don't win this week. I love that. And, 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 and Art's like, you know what? Two touchdown, two touchdown underdog to the New Orleans Saints. He's not winning. And then they went out there and won it. I mean, it's yeah. just like the biggest troll job of Dan Quinn's career. You lose a Super Bowl up 28 to 3. You're finally about to get axed, and then you screw Art Blank even more. I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like the Falcons are just cursed. You give them a beautiful stadium, but it's just a cursed franchise at this rate. Because if, if he finds, if Dan Quinn finds a way to keep a job, it's going to be unbelievable. You are right. That's exactly what they did. I mean, they took like the fullbacks coach, and he's now the wide receivers coach. You took the secondary coach. And he's now calling special teams plays. It's, I mean, it's unbelievable crazy. what's happening right now. Every giving a guy a run sheet, it's like pulling a guy out of the crowd at a concert, and you give him sheet music, and you're yeah. like, "Sing, boy, Go. sing." That's what's happening in Atlanta right now. But you know what? I almost admire it because it's better than like what Matt Nagy's doing, which is sitting on his goddamn hands doing nothing. Yeah, just I hoping mean, something changes. Yeah, because that's guess I what? Mean, it's not going to happen, guy. It's not going to change. But yeah, I mean, I give them props for at least doing that. I just, I, I've seen that so many places, and I just can't believe that's a story and that that's real. That's unbelievable to me. It is, but I love it. I'm all about Dude, it. Last thing I want to say about the Saints game, I think we all probably heard uh, this statistic somewhere during this week is that uh, Michael Thomas is targeting on seventy percent of uh, the Saints passes. Their Riverboat Ron's going to put a game plan in place for that and try to stop it. I think Kamara is the X factor here because he's not been himself, uh, obviously dealing with some injuries, not having a great statistical year. Looked pretty solid last week. And I think this is a game where they try to get him involved. They'll probably have Keekly spying on him. Um, but I like that matchup because Alvin Kamara in space, it, as good as Luke Keekley is, is, isn't going to do it. Yeah. Again, I think the Saints are going to race out and then just get on cruise control. It's going to be fair. a weird, it's going to be a weird game. It's going to be like 28 13. And you're sitting there going, oh, my God, I'm covering right now as a Saints. And then you're going to just see DJ Moore sure. make something ridiculous. And Marcus Lattimore, another guy you want to watch. I mean, he was out last week. Yeah. Uh, versus supposed Tampa. to play. Yeah, he's supposed to play. But like I said, it's a short week. Yep. You look at it, you go, what's more important to us right now this week or next? I could see. You just don't know. You want to monitor. It's my point. But also, nice to see Jared Cook getting back into the fold. Certainly had a good, good couple of weeks with Drew Brees. Uh, originally, so I, I do like to see that. So a, a guy I'd be looking for kind of down the stretch here. Um, well, <laughs> enough there, guys. We feel pretty comfortable where everyone's at on those games. Yeah. Yes, sir. Perfect. Well, we have another noon kickoff. A lot of noon kickoffs this week. Mm. Uh, so it's a lot of groggy football players, those. man. Wow, oh, man, I tell you what. Uh, coming off a of bye week, the West Coast Seattle Seahawks head all the way to the East Coast for the Philadelphia Eagles as a minus one point favorite over under 48 and a half. Uh, Eagles in a must win situation while the Seahawks are coming off that huge Monday night win over San Francisco when their uh, kicker couldn't hit the game winner but could hit the game. I'm disagreeing on these teams. I hate the Seahawks, and I've been higher on the Eagles, and I think you guys are the opposite. Love the Seahawks and hate the Eagles. So yep. 
I'm assuming we'll disagree with this game, but I'll start with J-Mac. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm taking Seattle here. I get where you're coming from, JB, and I think it's a big spot for the Eagles, but truthfully, I wasn't very impressed by the Eagles last week. I mean, again, they're, they're against, they were against the best defense in the league, and that, that says something. So they held their own okay, but like at the end of the day, they just really... It seemed like Carson Wentz just... I don't know. He just makes weird decisions to me at times. I'm just not sold on that guy. And we talked at the beginning of the year whether I think actually Kyle, you and I talked on the live stream about, you know, who would we take over, you know, would it be Dak or, or Carson Wentz? And man, it's definitely Dak at this point. No, and it's not even really a question for me. And I, mean, I think it's closer than that, but I think it's probably Dak. And I said Wentz originally. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll retract that. I, I think it's Dak at, I'm still pretty high on wins, though. That was a tough game. I mean, like I said, great defense, a lot of wind blowing out there uh, yeah. last week, but you didn't score a single point in the second half. That's that's tough. That's unacceptable. That's tough. And I just I like Russ, man. I, I like Russell Wilson a lot. I believe in the magic that they're they're pulling off. I'm I'm not saying it's going to get them as far as they maybe want it to, but I I still do think that they're doing good things overall in the field. And I mean, Russ is just one of those guys. He knows how to win. I mean, they're averaging 27 and a half points a game. That's fourth in the league under the Cowboys, Ravens and Chiefs. Yeah, this is going to be a that's amazing. I didn't think they were that high. Uh, this is going to be like a Houston Rockets. If I can draw a parallel where I think Seattle is going to finish with a great regular season record. And, you know, just the reality of this roster and how it's constructed is going to rear its ugly head in the, in the playoffs. And they're going to get beat by a more complete team like the Saints, or the 49ers, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree um, with that. I think Russ is, is the MVP right now. I know it's Lamar is definitely the flavor of the, the week or month. Um, I know Sean's name's been thrown in there. I, I think it's clearly Russ to me. Uh, he's just makes that team so much better because to the point JB's made several times, it's not a great roster, you know? And I you hit the nail on the head, JB. I like Seattle a lot more than I like Philly. And I hope Seattle wins this selfishly as a Cowboys fan because uh, I would put Philly in a really tough spot. I think this is a good get-right spot for the Eagles, though. I think they had a chance to beat the Patriots last week. Uh, I'm not going to get J-Mac to co-sign that, but they were in a good spot in that game, and they pissed it away. Uh, I don't see them doing that again. I, I like them winning this game. I mean, yeah, well, a- they decided to be the first grader pissing down his leg at recess uh, last week, so good for the Eagles. Um, yeah, It does feel like a get-right get spot. They should get Alshon Jeffrey back. He's questionable yes. with his ankle, but – uh, the fact is when you're looking at a game where it has to be an all in effort, because if they lose this, most likely the Cowboys losing, I mean, it just makes it harder. I mean, every week we're getting less and, you know, less and less games closer to the end of the year. So <sighs> Seattle's coming off the bye. We see teams typically start a little slow out of their bye weeks for whatever reason, typically, you know, depending on the teams, guys get away. Saw that with the Cowboys versus the Giants. So, you know, want to make sure you're doing your reading there. What what did the team do? Did, did they jet off to Hawaii last week? You know, you, you want to look at those things. Um, and it is, to Kyle's point, a West Coast team heading down to the East Coast for a noon kick. So you're talking about coming off a two-week break. You're doing that early kick. There could be some weather going on in Philly with some snow. Yep. I just I, – I, it's supposed to be 35 degrees of kick. Yeah, I, I don't like this Seattle's defense. I mean, they, they've yep. had they they don't shut down teams. I mean, they really don't. I mean, every game 
that they continue to win. And we much align this have been, you know, late heroics, whether that's missed field goals from the other team or Jameis Winston interceptions. I mean, this is a team again that should have lost to Tampa at home. They should have lost to the Rams at home if they didn't miss a field goal. I mean, there's been all these, they should have lost to the 49ers if they didn't miss a field goal. They had two games where teams missed a game winning field goal versus them that they lucked out to win. And I get that you that happens through, and it evens out in the NFL season. But to this point, it hasn't evened out for Seattle. Everything has fallen their way when they've needed it. And I just think you're going to see Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, both guys been much more involved in the game plan ever since we've had injuries to Alshon Jeffrey and the dropped hand of Nelson Aguilar. We finally saw Miles Sanders take more of the lead back role with Jordan Howard out. I've been pounding the freaking table for Miles Sanders. I hate the Eagles, but God damn it, that guy is talented. So, if Doug Peterson, he's got to put his head together. He's got to figure this thing out. I think they do here. They get an all-in effort. The Seattle team is not good. There's not a lot of talent outside of the offensive side with Russ and his weapons, but that offensive line sucks. And the whole defense, there's not one pro bowler on that defense. And Bobby mm. Wagner is one of the Dude. worst coverage linebackers okay. in the NFL. And I've talked about this many times. Miles Sanders will go off if you get him the ball. Yes, and I agree Bobby Wagner is extremely overrated. He's a hell of a tackler, though. You don't have 100 tackles like six seasons in a row. Grant, he's terrible in coverage. I'm with you there. Yes. Uh, I, I, I do tend to agree that the Seahawks, when you break it down like that, are maybe a little overrated. This is just me believing in Russ that much. Uh, I do think Genevieve Clowney is a pro bowler, so that would be the one pro bowler I think that's on their team. He's a playmaker. His stats aren't great, but he's a playmaker. He's it, finally looking like it. I mean, for the first time versus uh, the 49ers when they had two backup tackles in there, he finally He was looked, working them, though. Yeah. Yeah. But to your point, yeah, Clowney, sure. But so far, he's looked awful because he's on a team with a shit defense. That's true. And let me tell you this. I just uh, was verifying Seattle's injury report. So Clowney didn't practice today. Uh, he's questionable. KJ Wright, arguably their second best defensive player. Uh, best limited coverage practice. linebacker, yeah. Best coverage linebacker. He's he's questionable. Uh, their kicker is questionable. Tyler Lockett is still uh, banged up with his shin or lower leg injury. Uh, Quandre Diggs, arguably their best corner, is questionable. And Mike Uyapati and Dwayne Brown, starting linemen, are questionable. So they're, they're heading into this game banged up. It's going to be cold. That Philly crowd is going to be loud. Um, I, I, I like Philly in this game the more I think about it. Uh, Doug, if you're listening, though, uh, Selfishly, I want you to just burn Jordan Howard this week for me in fantasy. Yeah, yeah I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine if Seattle goes in there and thromps them, helps us out as a Cowboys fan. But I just this it feels like Philly every time this year they, they lose a bad game and then they've come back with an absolute great performance. I mean, just like when they went up to Green Bay or they one and two heading into the ga- that game and sitting there as a Cowboys fan, like, oh my god, that could be one in three. Oh, yep. So <laughs> the dream start to the season. And the, and then, no, they head up to Green Bay. So it's a team when they put their best effort. We've talked about it before. Without Deshaun Jackson, it's a completely different team. And then, especially without Alshon Jeffrey, it's changed. But I, I think we'll see this week. Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz have big games. Uh, Miles Sanders, if they let him get involved. I, I, I think Doug Peterson schematically is going to put Pete Carroll's head into a pretzel. Bobby Wagner can only go downfield. His hips do, his hips are worse than Mike Uopati's. Mike Uopati <laughs> only goes forward, too, and backwards. My God, watching him go side to side is like going to a nursing home on country rodeo night. It's bad. Do we like – so, I mean, is this an easy over at 48 and a half? I agree. That, that's, yeah. that's what I was shocked at. Yeah. I, I looked at that, and 
the only thing to monitor is the weather. But yeah, I think certainly Philly's going to get up big early on, I think. And then it's just going to turn into where Russ has to shoot out. The only yeah. time you don't want to bet a Seattle over is when they're probably a big favorite because they get up 20 nothing at half. They're just going to take those 20 minute drives where Russ hands it off, hands it off, bootleg right. Hands right. it off. You know. I- I love the over here, though, man. Russ is, like, Same. obligated to score 14 points every fourth quarter. I feel really good about that over. Yeah, I think you could see potentially, like, a 27-10 heading into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And then Philly maybe just getting that, you know, field goal that's necessary to clinch it. But, yeah, to your point, you're going to get a deep ball. But, yeah, Tyler Lonkett's that guy to monitor. They said he's playing. He's got a leg injury. I, but with the speed guys, just like Deshaun, just like T.Y. Right. Hilton, that's when it thing. is – and those leg injuries, I mean, you, you kind of want to watch it, too. I mean, how effective is he going to be? So, something to monitor. Yeah, a lot of uh, inactive, active uh, th- uh, rosters to look – or a lot of uh, reports to look at, you know, hour before kickoff this week. Hey, you saw it this week, Monday Night Football, Damian Williams was announced out last minute. Uh, you know, that that probably hurt a lot of folks. I'm very uh, aware. Football, <laughs> yeah, Sunday Night Football was tough. David Montgomery was questionable into it. You had Robert Woods, a last minute inactive. So, you guys, I can't preach it enough. You know, if you're heading into a Sunday or Monday night with your last guy, try to add someone on that team just as a safety net. You know, like last week having Josh Reynolds there, uh, you know, for Robert Woods. Uh, just just be on the lookout. It's tough this time of year, but you got to monitor it. Well, guys, let's head to uh, stay in the Eagles division with the Dallas Cowboys. They head up to Foxborough, minus six or a uh, six and a half point dog, over under a 46. Let's start with our Patriots resident. J-Mac, I know you're not worried at all, so can you just give me a final score? I don't want anything else, just final score of how bad it's going to get. Um, I think they're going to blow them out by at least 20. But I will say, this is this is one thing we haven't talked about at all, and, and we haven't talked about this at all either, JB, but it's something we talked about earlier in the year. I'm really glad that Isaiah Wynn is coming back this week. That's going to really help God solidify damn it. the fight. And I tweeted at you, of course he comes back this week. <laughs> no. Of course. Just like the same way the Jets got Sam Darnold back. I was shocked Matthew Stafford didn't play last week. <laughs> See, like Cowboys, every week, the Eagles get to face the team with the injuries, and then the next week, they're magically healed when the Cowboys roll into town. The one thing I will say, I, one, uh, a couple of things I actually kind of noted on this game is, I mean, both these teams offensively are very similar. I mean, the Cowboys have 28.6 av- uh, points. It's kind of average per game, and I mean... No- uh, let's see, New England is at 28.7, so like they're right there with them. And that's kind of surprising given how much Tom Brady and the offensive seems to have struggled a little bit this year. But I still think kind of what we've talked about a lot, I mean, it's not affecting the outcome of these games. But, it, JB, you've been all over this too. Like, the line has not been as good. Tom has not had the time to throw and to make the types of throws he has. And one thing that I will say that will hurt the Patriots a little bit this week is I don't know that Mohamed Sanu is going to play. And I I think that's going to be really tough for them, if not, because you're starting to rely on a lot of younger weapons. I'm still not concerned about this game, though, given Dallas's defense. <laughs> that's, the, that's the biggest thing I have here is Dallas's defense allows – far more points against versus the best defense in the league. The best defense in the in the league has allowed 108 points all year and Dallas is well over 200. Yeah, Dallas has been arm tackling like they're trying to channel their inner last Mac Brown year at UT. I mean, it's just terrible the <laughs> defense we've seen the last the last couple of weeks. I do think that the defense is still talented. I think it's still fast, but you know, guys like Jalen Smith and Lane Mandrish have been missing tackles and 
while Tank and Robert Quinn have been good on the edges, we're not getting that that pressure up the middle with Anton Woods and Willie Collins. And the secondary is getting exposed for what we kind of knew that they were. Like if we know Xavier Woods is a young headhunting safety that is not great in coverage. We know what we have in Jeff Heath and probably a backup safety. And, you know, Byron Jones has come back down to life. He's not pro football focused number one corner anymore. I, I to say they're gonna lose this game by twenty is absurd. No, it's not. But go ahead. Dak Dak Prescott has only lost one game by twenty in his career. Okay. Oh my God, the arrogance is just. You know what? I'm just picking Cowboys outright money line. That's that's what I'm picking. I'm 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 tired of this this nonsense. Don't emotionally um, bet. Don't do it. God, Don't let me get piss, under your it skin. It pisses me off. Yeah, it is. It is. No, I mean it's all in good fun. But I know. I think our offense keeps us in the game. Like, I don't think they're going to lose by 20. This team I don't think they have us down 24-3, and we're going to still keep it close because they're going to score a lot at the end. I don't think they're, they played a defense nearly as good as this one yet. No. I mean, they haven't – yeah, I mean, they're the best defense in the league. I think they played some decent defenses, though. Um, and they're, they're just a team that – you give Dak and Zeke enough drives, they're going to put up points. Yeah. Like, what do you see – what, what would you go – as your Cowboys total points in this game, what do you see them scoring? Um, Give or take. Maybe 17 at the most. Oh my God. Cause they're going to shut down the run game. That's good. That's the part that kills me for this is that Zeke has not been Zeke this year to me. He hasn't looked that like nearly as explosive and he, he hasn't had the big runs, right? right. Like he's That's been what it is. still really good between the tackles, making guys miss when he should have a two yard loss, turn it into a three yard game. Um, still a great pass blocker, but he hasn't just busted those 40-yard runs consistently Yeah, for whatever reason. I don't know if that's because he got his money, if he's – you know, you can't say he's out of shape at this point, right? Like, no, definitely like, I know not. he held out, but, like, dude, we're, we're three months in. And he's Ezekiel Elliott. Right. Where's your head at on this, JB? Yeah, you know, you try to remove all the, the biases of being a fan, but, um, you know, Lyle Collins is <laughs> – Lyle Collins definitely a guy you want to monitor here and – uh, you you want to have a fully rested and healthy offensive line, which unfortunately the Cowboys, it, it's just not at this point in the season. So I, I think to your point, Stephon Gilmore will shut down Amari Cooper. Uh, but Michael Gallup has really stepped up the last couple weeks at being that number two guy. And I, I know Randall Cobb certainly has gotten the headlines the last two weeks. I, it's also a guy who can't catch the ball on third down, but I won't get started on that. Um so I think there's a lot of weapons to cover here. So I will be interested to see what Bill Belichick uh, does. Uh, but we, we've seen Bill do this before with these games. He doesn't give a shit to J-Max point. I mean, it's a November football game. He's not getting worked up about, you know, showing his full cards here. So uh, you have to assume Cooper's going to be taken away. You have to assume that Zeke's going to be challenged in one way or the other. And he's going to say, hey, if you want to beat me, beat me methodically moving the ball with Randall Cobb on five-yard slants and Jason went with the stop routes. So um, I, I'm not necessarily so worried about the performance of the offense. I'm worried about the play calling from Kellen Moore and Jason Garrett and what that looks like from those yes. two. Because I, I, if Garrett goes in here overthinking everything, it's just going to be going to turn into something that we just don't want it to be as fans. So the side I'm really I'll worried about is the defensive side for the Cowboys. Uh, for whatever reason, a team that's returning all 11 starters look like a completely different defense. Uh, and that's mostly with the loss of Tyrone Crawford. Uh, he had a hip injury coming into the season, was able to play through it. 
uh, and then had to have season-ending surgery. And with him not up the middle, to your points, Antoine Woods has not had his typical year. Mm-hmm. Tristan Hill, the kid out of UCF, second-round pick, has been inactive for, I think, every game but one or two and looked horrendous outside of that. So it's a team that's struggling with that inside. Uh, you know, the storyline that may not be much of a storyline, but will still be talked about. Michael Bennett, you know, former Patriot, is you know playing against his somewhat former team. Uh, he has shirt up the D line for what we need. So what does that look like? The defense? Do we get an all in effort? They did place Antonio Brown on the season ending IR earlier this week as well. So that's another guy they're losing the secondary. And, and at one point last week, we had two backup safeties in. Uh, so there's a, I, I hate to say sound like a broken record, another injury list to watch. Cause, uh, if Jeff, he's out again, if Xavier Woods is banged up with that hand injury and then you're missing Antonio Brown, I mean, things get real skimpy. So it feels like a get right spot, uh, to me, honestly, for the Patriots offense, I, I think it's going to be a shootout. The Patriots are going to be able to move the ball at will. I think even with Sanu out to J max point, I think a guy like the kill Harry could get loose for one. You could see, you know, the running game really be predominant uh, for whatever reason. Even with Jalen Smith and Kyler Vanderesh, the Cowboys have had trouble guarding guys out of the backfield. So I think a guy like James White is someone that we'll see Bill Belichick utilize. Or I mean, we're due for a random Brandon Bolden game. Am I right, J-Max? Oh so God. true. Just people three like, touchdowns. Yeah, people like that always come out of nowhere in these kinds of games. Deion Lewis, he, all the like, you know. Yeah, he hasn't had a game in like four or five where they feature him predominantly. I feel like we're due for Brandon Bolden to just, I mean, we watched Bar Scarborough, a former seventh round pick of the Cowboys, do shit last week. So I have no doubt that Bill Belichick's like, hey, Brandon Bolden kind of looks like Bar Scarborough. Let's play him this week. Let's Let's do it. Bo Scarborough's roid cycle is fully peaking, dude. That dude looked like he was on some serious juice to get back in the league, man. Um, Hey, man, you got nothing to lose when you're not playing. To each his own. I absolutely agree with that. Um, I think we mean Anthony Brown, not Antonio Brown. I just wanted to clarify yeah, that. Yep, Anthony uh, Brown. And, and, and honestly, he hasn't done he hasn't done shit. Like Same he thing, was right? a what a fifth or a sixth round pick, and he out of I think yeah. Purdue, and he was fantastic Purdue. his friend, uh, rookie year, and he's definitely had a, a step back since then. Um, so that that'll be a big deal. So is Sanu out, or is he questionable? Questionable. He He'll didn't. Play. He didn't practice today. He's going to have limited time, but he had very limited targets last week. He only had like seven percent of the targets last week. Yeah, yeah. It, they, they love this Jacoby Myers kid. The, yeah, I don't get the that. Uh, what's his uh, the rookie at NC State, mm-hmm. undrafted kid. It, to be honestly, shocked. He had a great rapport with Ryan Finley. I was shocked he went undrafted. Kind of, he just didn't measure up. Not a fast kid. Not over, I mean, he's like six feet and ran a four six. So no one gave right. you know, no one looked at him like, ah, you're slow. But and if undersized. you could run rounds, run routes and catch the ball, like that's ultimately what wide receiver comes down to. Right. That's what he did at NC State. That's what, I mean, he was a great. I mean, it, it's it's always funny to me when you look at guys, and I could go on on and on about guys. It's like uh, Zach Moss, the kid out of Utah, running back, absolutely a guy that's not going to grade out well. Probably going to run around a four six, four seven at the combine. But you watch him on the football field, just mulls guys over, pulls away constantly, a name to watch in your drafts. You can't, measure, you can't measure vision at a combine, but it's easy nope. to fall in love with those big, fast guys. Um, you know, I do see – I want to go back to a point you made real quick, JB. I think Michael Gallup is the X factor here because here, we know Belichick takes away your best weapon, right? So typically he's going to put Stephon Gilmore or the best corner on your number two wide receiver and then double team 
your best wide receiver. So it's going to be interesting to see, do they double Amari or do they and stick Gilmore on Gallup? Because if that's the no, case, Gilmore, they, will, Gilmore will be on Cooper. Yeah, right. I think sure. they're going to flip. He's going to flip out of what he typically does because Amari is playing at like a top three wide receiver level right now. And his routes are incredible. They're going to put Gilmore on him. I agree with that. Um, but you're not going to double Gallup, right? So Gallup's going to no. be in a position where he's the X factor and has to make plays because he's going to take Randall Cobb away, I think, as well. Um, and, and force him not – he's not going to let him slant inside. He's going to have the, you know, feet of the the nickel facing out and make Cobb go towards the uh, the sideline and make it a harder throw for Dak, which Dak will probably throw a pick or two in this game. Um, and he'll float a, a D lineman. You know, he'll have him look like he's going to come and then back out, and Dak probably won't see him and throw a pick. Um, and they're, of course, going to game plan for Zeke. So that's why – a long, long-winded way of saying I think Michael Gallup has to step up and have like a – seven catch for 140 in a tug kind of game. Yeah, I, I think this is a game where if I hear Jamie Collins' name a lot, we're probably losing pretty badly. Yes. He, he's going to be a guy like Collins with his back and knee injury. He's going to need to get out. To your point, the Cowboys, I think, will try to use that short pass game, whether it's in wide receiver screens, running back screens, or the dump out to Witten. Uh, and if I'm hearing Jamie Collins all over the field on that right side, I'm going to just lose my mind. So – I, I need I need more from Garrett and and Kellen Moore here. I need Garrett to just stop. Let Kellen Moore call it. You don't expect to win this game. It's like college football. You're playing Ohio State. You don't expect to win it. Why not try something and let the guys loose? Let's just let them be loose. Let's see what happens. Let's not overthink this. Okay. Well, best of luck, fellas. Yeah, I'll talk to uh, talk to J-Mac about 7 o'clock Central Time. Sunday. I love that we've all gotten to the point where we don't even text while we watch football because all we do is make each other mad. It's great. <laughs> Dude, yeah, and I feel like i got to stay locked in because JB's just hit me with you know third-string D2 linemen, man. i got to be on my P's and Q's. Got to be ready. <laughs> got to. Well, for the last game, uh, the big game breakdown here, we have the Green Bay Packers off a of bye as well, heading on the road to San Francisco. San Francisco, a three-point favorite at home with an over-under, I thought was a touch high of 48. Uh, J-Mac, I'll start with you. You're definitely a guy I'd say who was an early adopter on San Francisco being all over what yep. they were doing. So um, it, it feels a little disrespectful to me. I mean, you're basically saying that these two teams are even, and I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with that either. I think the defense on the 49ers side is much better, to be honest with you. And I don't know, like this Packers team just hasn't, I get, like, they've got a good record. I think I feel the same way about this Packers team, JB, that you feel about the Seahawks. I just feel like they're a little bit overinflated, maybe a yeah. little bit overrated, but in a different way, right? Like, the, the, the Packers are a little more well-rounded than the Seahawks, given that the Seahawks' main issue is their defense and their offense is absolutely fire for the most part. But, like, this is a more well-rounded, odd spot. And I just, I, I would take, San Francisco all day long here. 48 is a really interesting number for the over-under. I'm, I'm interested to know what you guys' thoughts are on that. I'm staying away from probably the over-under on this because I don't really – it feels like it could be somewhat of a, a defensive game. But I don't know. Where are you guys headed at on this? I don't think that's a bad number, actually, at 48 because I think you have a lot of late late scoring potential with Aaron Rodgers. Um and, I mean, San Fran has actually put up more points than you would think for a team that's kind of adopted the, you know, 40 rushes and juggernaut defense type of mentality. They're actually putting up a lot of points, and their games are more high-scoring than you'd think. Um, I'm on the other side of this. I actually kind of like the Packers, and this might be a game that we talk about uh, later in best bets. I just think that 
I think Aaron Rodgers versus Jimmy G is what I'm looking at here. I understand if you're just looking at the overall teams, no doubt San Fran is more well-rounded. They might be the most complete team in the NFL. Um, and, you know, JB's been raving about, uh, you know, the play calling and the coaching, and I completely agree with that. Uh, I think I think San Fran's a really well-coached team. But I'm just, I'm just trusting Aaron Rodgers here. You know, Aaron Jones is healthy. Devontae's turf toe should be clearing up. I mean, that does take a long time. That's, of, yeah, that, he's over that. Yeah. yeah, but it does take a long time to come back from that. That being said, <laughs> I, I like this as a letdown game for San Francisco. I think I'll have to look at it, but I think there's probably a lot of public money on that because you're right. It probably shouldn't be minus three, right? Like, because that says they're an even team and it shouldn't be like that. I'm just really basing this on one player. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers over Jimmy G in a really important game for, you know, potentially home field advantage in the playoffs. You know, I, I feel like at some point Matt LaFleur's magic's going to wear off. I mean, I certainly I think he's used up all his powder dust. And, you know, and we talked about this last couple of weeks, J-Mac, and just how poor this Packers defense has been uh, since the first couple of weeks. And I think the recovery that we'll see after the bye week will tell us a lot, one, about the Packers, whether they did get right, or just in general about Matt LaFleur as a coach. But uh, <laughs> we've said it with every matchup, monitor the injuries, because if George Kittle's back, Emmanuel Sanders is playing, this is a different team. What he's actually done has been remarkable. And everyone wants to rag on them, saying they're coming back down to earth. Look, he's missing his Pro Bowl number one target tight end, George Kittle, their number one wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders. They've been missing Dante Pettis, Marquise Goodwin. He's playing with Debo Samuel and then undrafted wide receivers. I mean, he's basically doing what we saw Rodgers do last year with a bunch of un- Devontae Adams and a bunch of undrafted dudes. So uh, on top of that, you've had injuries to Matt Breida. Uh, Jerick McKinnon's been out all year. Uh, you've had a banged-up Tevin Coleman, and then you're starting Raheem Morissette, however you pronounce Both hurt, and he's hurt too. Exactly. So every week, and he's finally getting his own line back healthy. Joe Staley just finally came back, you know, certainly had some rust. So it's a team that is nine and one, has in, it only has the ability to get better with guys coming back. So uh, I want to monitor the injuries. Uh, we talked about this off air. The public is all over the Packers. I'm never a fan of a public underdog. I think that's a recipe for disaster. So um, I'm with J-Mac. I'm looking at this San Francisco minus three. I'm a big fan of Jimmy G. Uh, it, again, it's a must win to them, especially if the Seahawks go off and beat the Eagles in that early slate. It just adds the pressure because it, it's funny how you can be the number one seed with home field advantage and they're one loss away from you know completely flipping that to uh, the, the opposite end. So uh, I would monitor it, but I, I very much like the matchup here. I think the Packers' rush defense is well below average, and if they can get things going, if Tim and Coleman's healthy, I, I just love this San Francisco team. I think they're a team that we'll be talking about come January and early uh, February. Dude, you got to monitor the injuries, though, because George Kittle did not practice today. He will not practice tomorrow. Same thing with Emmanuel Sanders. Joe Staley is actually deemed out already again for this game, and D Ford, D Ford, D Ford, and Joe Staley today were announced out. It's that that's a big deal. That's why the line's where it's at. Well, that that does tell a different story, and that that's my bad for not being up in a comment. I was just no, no, that was literally like a few hours ago. And the thing is, with D Ford being out, he did leave last week's game. This is one of the best defensive lines. They do have the depth to cover this. Luckily, with Bosa, DeForest Buckner, and if 
there's one thing that Rodgers does struggle with is an athletic front that can get after you with three to four guys, which San Francisco can definitely do when he's not able to have all day back there uh, and you're forcing him into throws or on the run. So uh, that's the matchup I can't wait to watch is the San Francisco D-line, even without D Ford matching up versus Aaron Rodgers. And can they contain him and not let him, you know, run loose, wheel route around, and then chuck it downfield to Devontae? Yep. Well, guys, we're going to head into the final segment. Uh, hopefully most people's favorite parts, the best bets. I want to have an updated record. I'm trying to find last week's, but we did go five and four. We are well over 500 for the season. Feels like we've been in a five and four rut for the past month. We have. We really three, have. Three God. weeks in a row, I think we've been right there. We've so, been I mean, saving we'll each other to... all over the place, too. Yeah. So we'll continue. I feel like every week we have someone go three and oh, two and one and one and two. So, yep. uh, however, that's working out. But hey, we'll take it as it comes. So uh, let's start with the college football ranks. J Mac, where are you taking us? Really? I have a hard time this week, but I think, JB, you convinced me. I'm taking A&M plus 14 against Georgia. I think that that's a good nice. line. I think that A&M might have a chance to keep this a little bit closer. I don't believe in any way. The over-under is 44. That's unbelievable. That's so unreal. you're telling me in a game that's supposed to have six touchdowns that we're getting two of them? Yeah, that I'll take it. And I, I just I think that. I don't think A&M wins this game by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think that they I don't I, I think it's less about A&M and more about Georgia and how maybe a little bit overrated Georgia is. And we've talked about this all season long. They just haven't looked the same. And I could see them see uh, viewing this as a trip up game and, and kind of overlooking A&M here just a little bit. And again, not I haven't been excited about watching A&M football all year long. I really couldn't be less interested in it, to be honest with you guys. <laughs> but but at the same time. This feels like a good spot. It was the same exact way against Clemson, and it worked out fine. So that's going to be uh, where I'm going in college football this week is A&M plus 14. Kyle? I think it'll be I'm with you. Uh, so real quick, j that's your college pick, right? Not not just your dog. That's your straight up your college pick? That's my college pick. Okay. So uh, for my college pick, I am going to focus on the Ohio State Buckeyes. I have them given 18. Is that right? Is that what you guys are seeing? Yep, 18. Yep. Yep. So I'm giving the 18. I think they're going to steamroll Penn State. They're not looking ahead at anything. They know this is a big game. They know Michigan's a big game, too. But Ohio State's on fire. I see them winning this game somewhere in the neighborhood of 45, 21. Yeah. I don't hate that pick. I was really looking at that as well. JB, where are you at? Well, it's tough because I was going to go A&M. I don't want to double up for the folks. So um, we're going to head out to some late night. 930 kick um Boise State on the road facing Utah State. Uh, we're having <laughs> we're having Boise as an eight point favorite. We have the opposite side, Utah State, Boise State's actually missing their starting middle linebacker, lead tackler on the team, had some bang up across the offensive line. And mainly just the the ring around the rosy at the quarterback position. They started a true freshman that got hurt. And you know, they escaped with a win a couple weeks ago versus Wyoming at home. It was just an ugly win. Uh, you got Jordan Love, one of the more underrated quarterbacks in this senior class coming out. It's going to be an all-in effort game from him, a senior day at Utah State, a team with six wins, looking to get that seventh and seal that bowl up. So I think eight's just a little too much. Could be a one-possession game. So uh, take the Utah State. Ag- we're, we're, we're both agreeing with Aggies. I'm just taking the Utah State Aggies. You're going A&M Aggies. Yes, I like that. I think that's good juju here. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, we're, we're just going to roll on that. Well, let's head to the NFL, guys. We talked about some big games. I know we all agreed and disagreed on different areas. So, 
Um, J-Mac, where are you taking us first in the NFL ranks? Are we going best bets or are we going dogs? What do you want to do first? Best bets first. We'll, we'll end with some dogs. Best bet. It's a, it's, this is not even a question. This is something that I can't even believe is real. Can we mute the line? Do what? Can we mute you here? No, you don't have to. Um, don't tell me you're doing pats. Man. No, I'm actually not. I'm not oh, doing the Patriots. Okay. Thank you. Um, I do think that's an easy bet, but I'm not going to keep God pushing that just because it is rivalry. We, we have enough pressure on that alone. I'm taking like this is a no-brainer. This is the 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 most unbelievable line I've ever seen. Baltimore minus three against the Rams. This Rams team fucking stinks. I'm taking Baltimore <laughs> minus three, no problem. You and everyone else in the betting public. Okay, Kyle. Yeah, I can get my head around that. Oh, by the way, we are 48 and 36, gentlemen. Just just okay. for a record, 48 Woo, 36. Pretty good. So. Pretty good. Still about 58, 59%. Yes, sir. So I'm going to a game that we talked about already today. Um, I didn't mention anything about my best bets because I wanted to hear your thoughts, and you guys completely backed it up with your comments, whether you realized it or not. I'm going Steelers, Bengals, under 39. They, these teams <laughs> cannot score more than 17 points apiece. Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to head to another low total in the NFL. Uh, the Denver Broncos head on the highway to face the Buffalo Bills. I take over 37 in that game. Uh, we saw a lot of fight out of the Broncos last week. They're a heavy run team. The Bills do suffer uh, right up the middle. So I think there's opportunity for the Broncos to move the ball. I just think we could see a 23-20 game. 37 is very low. In very low. And it, it, it's two defenses that have the ability to turn the ball over or get turnovers, whether it's through you know, sack fumbles or interceptions. Yep. So Create some uh, short field. Yeah, 37 seems too low to me. There was some weather in the forecast that's moved out, which I think pushed it down from its opening number. So uh, I think you could see this float back up to the 39 and a half, 40 range. So that's what I'm getting ahead of this now. Grabbing 37 over in Buffalo. Dude, I'm with okay. that. I'm with that dog. 100%, man. Dog time? Uh, okay. So dog of the week for me. Uh, so I'm between two. I'm going to give the pick. I'm going to give the, the sensible pick, and that's the one I want to count. But there's another one I'm going to bet on, too, and I just want to give that as a bonus pick to you guys. I'm taking Indianapolis here to beat Houston. No problem as my dog of the week. Why are we agreeing on everything? You're making this hard on me. I know. I'm sorry. But my wild pick that I think is is going to help uh, maybe balance the equation a little bit, I'm taking Tampa Bay plus four and a half to balance the equation here a little bit. I yeah. think Atlanta's going to come back down to earth a little bit. I don't think they're as good as they've been playing. I really don't. I, I don't have any problem with that at all. This is what the Bucks do. They, they middle around and they somehow win games like this that they probably shouldn't. Or keep games extremely close. Exactly. Taking that Kyle, where are you at? My dog of the week, man. And we are, we just talked about it a minute ago. Packers plus three. Give me A-Rod. I know he's the Cowboy killer. I think he's going to be the 49 killer this 49er killer this week. Um, it's all on him, and I think he knows that, and this is a big game. So give me Pack plus three. Okay. All right, well, I'll stick in the NFL then, uh, even though J-Max stole mine. I guess I'll put my money where my mouth is. I'll take the Carolina Panthers plus 10 oh, on God. the highway. <laughs> I just Like I said, I think it's a look-ahead spot for New Orleans. I don't know. I'll stick with Carolina. I like it. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. It's uh, been fun, fellas, just as always. Rivalry week in full force here. Uh, so follow us on social media. I'm sure JB and I will be talking shit to each other on Twitter for the next couple of days. Um, oh, just because yeah. that's what we do, and it's a lot of fun. It just keeps things exciting, keeps things going. We would remind everyone to follow us on social media as a show. That's at Sensibly Loud on Instagram and on Twitter. We want to remind everyone also to follow us on Facebook, Sensibly Loud Media. And please, be sure to give us a call. We want to hear from you guys. That number is 972-885-9361. And we'll see you guys next week for another episode of PC.